morning and welcome back to Young Bucks here on DK Sports Radio. This is your Pittsburgh Pirates Prospect Podcast. My name is Alex Stone. I am joined as always by my co-host, Jared Prugar. Jared, how's it going, man? It's not too bad, Alex. It's the baseball season is underway. And for us to get here, whew, what a sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It- I know there was a full, not a full, full, but, you know, they played a full season last year, but it kind of feels like this is the real return of baseball. And it's not just because there are going to be people in the seats or anything. Baseball starts in April for me. That's March or April. No, and I, and I listen, man, we get the pomp and circumstance of opening day um, that just said it, that optimism, that, that ability to see opening day and see what it is and, and, you know, it's a season, it's the day where you're actually expected to win and you're expected, there are no expectations, you just go out and play. And I think that is absolutely huge. So in that opening day, this, this might be low-hanging fruit, but he's only a prospect for a little while longer. So we have to talk about Cabrian Hayes. I've never Cabrian heard of him, Alex. Can you tell me a little bit more about him? Yeah, key is the number nine overall prospect by MLB Pipeline. And in his first at-bat of this season, he goes yard, which is a heck of a way to reaffirm to everyone, like, no, no, last year wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just, you know, a hot September. That's really driving him right now. And you know what? I, I just did that big feature on him and hearing about all the expectations that people have for this kid, whether it's, you know, Chad Cool saying, oh, the sky's the limit on how many gold gloves he can win. Or Stephen Brault saying he's the best everyday ball player I've ever played with. Or Kevin Pope, who was in my story, just flat out said, like, I said, what's your expectations for him? He's like, I'm, I can't put expectations on the kid because every time I do, he exceeds them. And he, he actually said the biggest one, the highest thing you could say, possibly, was like potentially a Hall of Famer someday. Now, that is obviously way 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 too much to put on on someone right now but it is interesting that someone that he's worked with for so long is like look i this guy's just gonna go for it all so i ask you jerry pruger maybe not for career but what are your 2021 cabrian hayes expectations that's a good question alex um you know i i honestly think he's going to be around the 300 mark uh as a as a hitter i think he has the potential to be tw- between 2025 home runs and, and drive in a bunch of runs and i think i mean listen we let's be real he the glove has been major league ready for years um but it's the hitting that that's had to come around and obviously he made us all look like goofs because we we're like oh well the hitting's not there the hitting's not there well he's come up and and he's hit um, and, and that, that shot yesterday, man, what was it? 411 feet into a strong <laughs> head into wind. the wind. Yeah. Like that, that's a major league home run. And this kid's played in less than 30 games, which is absurd to me. Um, so, I mean, the biggest thing is, is, are those expectations realistic? What are realistic expectations for Cabrian Hayes? And do they have a limit? Because the way that he has played through, through his just the short this short portion of his career um <laughs> like he it's absurd and and i and in, in a good way obviously he's he's one of the few prospects that's come up and had immediate success and not only that but sustained it too right because you have some you have these prospects that are like a, a flash in a pan and they're like boom home run first game or 
three for three. And then they just kind of trickle off or, or taper off. But he's he's withstood it and and he's showed every game that he deserves to be there and, and deserves to be there for a long time. I, I'm going to put this with expectations. Mine are high, but I mean that this, if he doesn't, you know, achieve everything that I say, it's not like a grand disappointment or anything. I'm just so ridiculously high on this young man as, as a player, as a person, just, you know, as the face of this franchise and this rebuild. So my expectations I, I'll agree that he'll hit somewhere around 300. He'll show some, show some pop. I think he's going to win rookie of the year. I don't think that's too outlandish a prediction, you know, preseason to be like, this guy's going to win rookie of the year. And my best comp, I, I, I've said this for a couple of years, that if he could figure out his swing, that the Pirates had a legitimate chance of having their version of Matt Chapman at third base. He certainly has the glove for it. And you know what? That bat looks good. So if you know what, if Cabrian Hayes can put up like just, I say just even like it's not, you know, <laughs> wouldn't be like a great season, but somewhere alone, like a 850 OPS. This guy is going to be in serious awards talk, definitely rookie of the year this year. And then in the future, like potentially MVP. No, I, th- I, th- I think this guy is maybe the best position player prospect in baseball right now. Right. And, and pretty soon he's not even going to be a prospect. So he's going to be yeah. up there. And I think top five position players in all of baseball um, solely based on, on his glove alone, but the bat can play too. Um, and I, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't end up in the all-star game. Um, I mean, obviously it's, it's one game and he, I think he was one for five um, on opening day which it is what it is, but like you got to think about it this way too. You're coming out from a warm weather climate to a cold weather climate. That's the, probably the biggest adjustment that he'll have to make. Um, and it's been a while since he's, since he's had to make it. Right. So um, I think once he gets adjusted to that, to the weather, um, he's going to be more than ready. And, and I, I'm very excited to see how this plays out for him as we um, move on uh, throughout the rest of the season, because I think he has not only like, the ability to play the game, but to bring the game to Pittsburgh as far as making Pittsburgh Pirates baseball fun to watch again. And that's something that obviously that was not fun to watch in a good way last season and even in years prior. So, you know, you, he has that, that I, I don't want to make that reference to Kutch because I think they're very different personality wise, but when McCutcheon was on the team, Everybody wanted to watch the Pirates because they were fun, but now everybody wants to watch the Pirates because of how good Brian Hayes can and could be. Yeah, and the Kutch comparison is obviously going to be something that Hayes just has throughout, you know, however long this rebuild takes. Just because, you know, Kutch was the first person through the wall in that rebuild. Hayes is the first person through the wall this time around. They're both, you know, superstar quality prospects who have the potential i guess i should say for superstardom you know they are the two best hitter they were the two best hitters in that farm system whenever they were called up there is gonna be a lot of stuff like that but you know having covered a little bit of the parts whenever kutch was around like kutch did have that personality that really drew people to him Talking to people from the alternate site last year, talking to Brian Esposito, who managed it, 
it was interesting to see people were drawn to Cabrian. Like, because he's not the most outgoing guy, but they recognized, like, look, this is this is the guy. And you know what? Key to his credit, he was, you know, maybe not like rah-rah type of leader, but he was that stoic figure in the center head to the point that someone like Lovere Piguero goes on, goes on a group zoom call. And he's like, man, I was talking to Cabrian. He's saying, I'm going to be waiting for you. That makes me so happy. I'm so excited for that opportunity. Like it, it, he gave the same thing back to Piguero. And it's like, you know what? That very well could be the left side of the infield starting in 2022. So there's a lot of, he's at the heart of this nucleus. I think that's the thing. He's a different personality than Kutch, but he's still, at that heart of what the parts are going to be building around. And I think that's important. That's just one more thing to put on this young man, you know, but he looks like he's going to be ready to do it. No. And I think that's a good point because obviously like you talk about faces, of the franchise and Kutch was the face of the franchise for a long time and deservedly so, but he had the charisma and the personality that backed that up, that backed up that face of the franchise. And, and yeah, he can hit. And you can say what you want about being a center fielder, but Cabrian is the nucleus because of how good he is on the field. When he was in Altoona in 2018, I think it was, uh, when he played for, for Michael Ryan, you know, you, t- you see him and he is just, he was just so businesslike as, as a, as a player. And obviously with the, the pedigree that he had that's in his family with his brother being a professional baseball player and his dad being uh, an MLB um, athlete as well you know, you, you have that professional makeup and the professional demeanor, and that's not something that you, that you see all the time um, at that level uh, in, in the years that I've covered the pirate system. So, I mean, he's had that, that makeup and that, that personality, he is driven and he has got that lead by example type deal. Like you look at that glove, man, he could have been a major league ready. He was major league ready when the pirates got him. Right. So now that the bats coming around, it's just that other example that he is a five tool guy that, that has the potential to be a league leader, not just at his position, but overall. And that's something the pirates haven't had in, in quite some time. Especially at third base. I mean, I know Pedro was going to be the, the big guy there, but he never really panned out, even though he did win a silver slugger. He, he I think it was fair to say that not a bust, but definitely underachieved there. I don't see that happening with Hayes. I mean, just what he brings on defense. It's such a good solid floor of, you know, even if he doesn't hit that well, this guy could at least be a major league average player, which is, which wouldn't be enough for the parts, but it's not a bad floor to have. No, absolutely. And I think that's fair. Uh, that's fair to, you know, he's going to be compared to a bunch of different players and a bunch of different players, both around the league and uh, throughout the pirates organization from years and years ago. So it'll be interesting to see who he can, kind of be compared to um, because every comparison to me is high praise for, for a kid like a Brian Hayes. And, and let's not forget that he is still just a kid uh, when we talk about experience and, and everything else that goes along with it. Well, he's going to be fun. And I think this might be the last time we ever talk about key on this show, because like we said, he's about to be, he's about to graduate from prospect lists. I think it's 130 plate appearances officially. And he's what, like 100 right now so come this time next week we may no longer have Brian Hayes the prospect hey we're gonna take a quick break whenever we come back we're gonna talk about not only the major league ready prospects but which t 
keep in the minor leagues, which affiliate might be the most exciting to watch this year. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back to Young Bucks here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Nump. I'm joined by Jared Krugar. Jared, we don't know officially what the minor league rosters are going to look like. And there is a lot of fluctuation coming. There might even be some fluctuation for what the Pirates have in pencil right now. Because Ben Charrington has said, you know, because it's been so long that some of these players have been away from the team. You, you have to be open to, hey, you know, we really thought this guy was going to be going to Greensboro. He's got to go to Altoona. He's ready to go. You know, push, push him a little bit. And in the same vein, there could be guys who maybe are on that cusp of two spots and you send him to Greensboro just for a little bit and then to Altoona. So with that in mind, just us looking at where these prospects might land if i know you're based out of altoona but if you could only cover one of these teams which one would it be in 2021 selfishly i like altoona just because which I one want, would be the most exciting selfishly i'd obviously pick altoona because i want to be uh, surrounded by curb burgers and roller coasters but i honestly think that greensboro is going to be the most exciting i think that's where guys like nick gonzalez are going to start out um but I think at the same time, it's such a crapshoot right now because we don't know. We don't know what kind of development went, went on at the alternative site um, last year. So guys like Figuero and, and Gonzalez, where are they going to go? Where, where, where should they go? Um, because it's very possible that, you know, that I think honestly that the, the Altoona site for Gonzalez was huge because he just, bypassed rookie ball altogether. So he's been acclimated to a higher level of, of athlete, a higher level of play. Um, so I think that was huge, but how much did, does that matter in the end? Because where else, where does he go from there? Does he start in Bradenton? Does he start at the bottom and work his way up rather quickly? Does he start in Greensboro? Does he start in Altoona? You know, we don't know. And, and obviously their, their camp is, is just about to get underway. So it, it's just one of those situations where you've got to see where they're at. And I think he's a guy that – where do you put a guy like Nick Gonzalez? Uh, obviously got the invite to spring training uh, this year. So that's huge as a, as a guy right out of college from, uh, from last year, getting drafted last year. Um, so where, where does he fall? But I do think that Greensboro um, is the leader in the clubhouse right now. I think AAA is going to be crowded um, and not in a necessarily good way. Uh, because some of those guys, it's going to be like that, that quad A, that they're going to be up, down, uh, depending on, on the situation. And I think Altoona is just going to be here for, for my enjoyment and my pleasure, um, depending on who they have. Because, like we said, we don't know what they've got, uh, and they don't know either. 
until they get there and and see what it's like and and can can evaluate and process that information and, and, and see how these players have grown. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. This doesn't make for great fake radio, but just I'm going to agree with you that Greensboro is going to be the most interesting because too many talented players that are going to at least pass through Greensboro at some point. Like someone like Nick Gonzalez is tough to 100% project where he wants to go. He was all considered to be one of the most, if not the most major league ready hitter out of last draft class. And that not in like, you know, a, a Daniel Moscow's most major league ready, but like a, no, this guy's hit tool is just so developed, you know, he, he could go up into the higher levels probably. So I see him starting in Greensboro. I see Pagero starting in Greensboro. I see Priester starting in Greensboro. Honestly, maybe they go to Bradenton for him, but they're not going to be in Greensboro all year is my main point. I think Altoona at the end of the year is going to be the most happening spot. I think in 2022, Altoona is going to be the most happening spot. But right now, Greensboro is it. It's that core players that I think the future of this organization is really going to be built around. Whenever we say, you know, 2023, 2024, this team's going to be actually really good if these guys are developed properly. It's that core players, you know, the Priesters, the Gonzaleses, the Bagueros, the Malones, the Jinskis, the, the Yeeds, the uh, Hudson Heads is a step behind. Hudson Heads got to be in great right until probably to start. But just a lot of good, young, talented players like that, that I think make it's the future of the organization, Grand, all things considered. Right. And I think something you also have to consider, too, is we talked about the infield of the future last year with Piguero, Brian Hayes and Gonzalez. Well, do they keep Piguero and Gonzalez together as they come up through the system? What are they, what happens when if one's a little bit further advanced than the other? Um, but I do think that they'll, they'll all start in Greensboro, like you said. And I think it'll be interesting to see if they move make that jump together and whether there are trades at the big club or moves that the big club makes uh, that kind of dictate their progress and, and where they're at by the end of the year. I think they do all end up in Altoona eventually. Um, hopefully sooner, sooner rather than later, so that I don't have to put nearly as many miles on my car. But at some point I do think that there'll be an Altoona. And I think that's, that's something to be excited for, um, for the people of this community and, and for the people uh, in the organization as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward towards the end of the year in Altoona. Like I'm going to make a couple trips out to Altoona because it's a day trip. Now it's a real easy thing, but if something, if they, if the parts push Quinn Priester and so far they kind of have pushed Quinn Priester a little bit. And that's why he's been, you know, skyrocketing up prospect list. I don't think it's outrageous to think that maybe Priester ends the year in Altoona. No. And I think that's fair too. And I think that would be a lot of fun to have guy that, that trio or and whoever else comes with them. Um, but like you said, I'm excited just to see the rosters. I think that's that's going to be the most exciting thing for me because we don't know what to expect. And and when you don't know what to expect, man, that's just wild. And I think that's going to be, I think, the most entertaining thing coming up outside of what the big club does. It's what these rosters finally look like when they're ready um, towards the end of the month. I don't think it's outrageous to say that like if you could have, it's not going to be as good a quality product, but Greensboro is going to be more interesting about the future. There are probably going to be more future parts in Greensboro for like that 2024 team 
than they're going to be on the major league roster right now. Like there are a handful that are on this opening day team right now, but there's also a lot of like Polanco's Frazier's <laughs> Michael Perez's guys like Richard Rodriguez. Like they're either going to get traded or let go at some point over the next four years. Well, I think a good chunk of that next parts competitive team are going to start off this year's teammates. And what you said about Pagaro and Gonzalez, just to throw two cents in there, I, I'm sure the Pirates would love to keep these two together. They like them as a middle infield. I think they're the middle infield of the future. They like working together. Um, but like you said, if one of them really just doesn't catch up, you do have to break them up at some point. But I think they have enough of a rapport now that that wouldn't be too catastrophic. No, absolutely. And I think that's going to be huge. Um to keep in mind moving forward as well. So I'm, it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, I've never, I haven't been this more, this excited to see rosters before, because I mean, <laughs> let's look at it under the old regime uh, before Charrington took over. There was nothing after triple a, like last year was not going to be a good year in the system um, for, for the pirates. And all the, all that talent had kind of gone right up to triple a and it was busting on the doors from Major League, just like we're seeing. But now they've started to kind of reload that system, and they've started to to make the Pirates farm system more enjoyable, more exciting, and and something to look forward to again, like it was a couple of years ago when these guys were winning the Double A um, Eastern League Championship. Hey, we're gonna take one more break. Whenever we come back, what did we learn on the show today? segment of young bucks jared what did we learn on the show today you ask me this every week alex and it's the same thing i can't wait for curb burgers and coasters um but no i i'm i the pirates farm system is going to be at times and, and honestly yesterday was kind of or not yesterday but um thursday because they they were off friday which i hate you start off that one game and then you're off and then boom um, but on Thursday, the Pirates are fun to watch, man. As, as um, But I think moving forward, the Pirates farm system is going to be a, a lot more exciting and entertaining than we've seen in, in quite some time. And I'm very excited to be able to bounce around the minor leagues this year and see some of these teams in person and see some of these guys develop. Because it, you look at guys like Nick Gonzalez and Piguero and and all those guys, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what they're able to do in a non-controlled environment in, in actual games for the first time in what feels like forever. I think what I learned, and I guess this is more a realization, but just me putting two two together while talking, like this might be the last time we could ever talk about Cabrian Hayes as a prospect because he's 30 plate appearances away from shedding that rookie status. And, you know, six games, it's not outrageous to think, you know, a guy hitting second in the order will get five plate appearances a game. This might be it. This is Any it. parting thoughts on, on key. <laughs> As somebody that's been able to watch him the last few years, um, you know, he is one heck of a baseball player, but he's, he also does it the right way. Right. I don't think that he's a guy that you're going to have to worry about getting in very much trouble. And I think the way that he trains and the way that he is able to put everything together, 
I don't think he's going to have a very big um, injury history uh, either. So hopefully, hopefully for, for not only our sake, so we can keep talking about him, but for the Pirates fans and, and the Pirates in general, he stays healthy and we get to see Cabrian Hayes be Cabrian Hayes, not just now, but for the foreseeable future. And if we're able to do that, I think it's going to be a very big factor in turning around um, really what, what the expectations of this franchise should be. Should we play like graduation music whenever he As officially we go is? On, we remember all the times we had together. I'm, I'm holding up the cell phone, but <sighs> the lighter. it is a sad time because I've it, it's it's for me. Like you think about it. I've seen him since he was in triple or in double A three years ago, right? Two years ago. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's wild to think that. Um, but you know, he can't be in the minors forever as much as some people would like to be. And I don't know why you would like to be, um, unless you're a minor league beat reporter, um, or cover the pirate system, but, but no, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I'm excited to see the future too, because, you know, we talked about this, um, a couple of times already is we, when you look back and you look back to when Kutch and those guys were coming up through the system, there was excitement for when they would get to Pittsburgh. Now, I think we're starting to see that all over again, and that's something that we haven't had in quite some time. And, and look at what happened when, when those guys got to Pittsburgh um, for McCutcheon. They helped turn around the franchise from, from being perennial losers to just, eh, we're going to win every once in a while, but we're still going to lose. Well, with that bit of optimism, we thank you for listening to Young Bucks here on DK Sports Radio. Be sure to follow or subscribe to both Jared and me and the whole feed in general. Be sure to listen to uh, Jared's We Are podcast. I do the podcast to be named later. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week.
All right, so we are back, and 